Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome to the surprise Christmas episode of Wild On. think I'd be able to take full two weeks off. Did you? But the real Christmas miracle is revealing my incredible first guest who will help kick off season two on January 20th. But you'll have to listen to this full episode. Clever, right? Today's guest is a Toronto native, firefighter, mom, wife, misfit, and professional wrestler. Ladies and gentlemen, your girl, me. Yeah, what surprised you about podcasting? How was it different than what you thought it was? I like? honestly didn't know what to expect. When you started it, yeah. was it just, I'm going to do a COVID project? No, it was motivated by COVID, but I've always wanted to tell my stories, but I didn't know how. I'm really bad at writing something consistently. Like, I honestly don't know how people write a book. I fucking don't. That is time. I just self-discipline. You have to wake up in the morning. You start writing and you write till the end of the day. I just, I, I could never, ever, ever do it. So I would write journal style entries. And even then I'd get bored. And I thought, YouTube? People seem to do well with YouTube. I like YouTube. Maybe I should make a YouTube channel. And then I remembered, oh, I actually hate talking on camera. So... <laughs> And then I thought, oh, fuck, well, I quite like podcasts. I haven't listened to one in a long time. I, I, I got hooked on Serial when I was working a shitty office job to get me through. Fucking Serial. Um, and then Serial got me on to This American Life. Also, I don't have time to read books. I do Audible. Maybe this is my way. Like maybe if I can write short stories and include my girlfriends that were there, then this could be a fun thing. And I don't have to look at a camera. <laughs> can you remember... Any of your favorite moments from season one, the podcast, if you had to filter it down, was there anything that really made you laugh? Probably nothing that made the air. I think my first attempt recording an episode and then sending it to you to be like, Rochelle, I want to start a podcast. This was my first crack at it. What do you think? And I don't think I took a breath the entire 20 minutes of the recording. (laughs) This is what I'm going to do. This is my manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said, you know, record it somewhere uh, that makes you sound good. And I thought, oh, well, you know, people sound awesome when they sing in the shower. So no. let's <laughs> let's record it in the shower. I forgot about that. <laughs> to me. Yeah, so Chantal said it's be her first recording. And it is literally like she's in an echo chamber. It's like, <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Everybody, hi, hi, hi. I'm Taylor. Whoa, 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 whoa. I took a chair into the shower at work, which is disgusting. And then I closed the door. So I was in the shower in the bathroom. It was like a double echo. (laughs) And then my favorite. Everything has had like a, a different favorite moment. Every episode, there's been something. I would say the up and coming generation 
that I hadn't had the opportunity to work with yet. The Kira Hogan's, the Killer Kelly's, even uh, Sunny Kiss. Yeah, any of the new generation. I was taken back completely by how I had inspired them early in their career. I did not see that coming. Or even Ali, who's, you know, a big AEW superstar. And uh, I don't do well with emotion, especially like vulnerability. So inside I was crying. Like that's the greatest form of respect because I don't choose who I idolize lightly. And I don't think a lot of women, when they choose a woman to latch onto, I know how much that means. Being someone's idol, someone's motivator, someone's mentor was, yeah, that was huge for me. And I never expected to get that. No, I could tell you were genuinely taken by surprise, especially with Jamie Senegal. Yeah. He had the costume that was like your. Yes. And a few girls said their first costumes they had designed after me totally fucked me up. I didn't know what to say for being inactive for 10 years uh, to know that I left that little bit of mark on women's wrestling was huge for me. I think it's bigger than you think. That's definitely the impression I'm getting. (laughs) I don't know anything about (laughs) Or I didn't before six months. Michelle knows now. I know now. (laughs) Uh, Those footnotes at the first first couple of episodes, those are all because of me. I apologize, everybody. I don't know what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) You know, Chantel, there might be people listening who have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I.e. me. I.e. me. Tracy Brooks. Oh, speaking of emotional episodes. <laughs> My wrestling mom. She was really moved, I think. I think she wasn't prepared for what you said to her. Too. I think so. Tracy's always been so hard on herself. I've never met a woman harder on themselves. And she's got the biggest heart. She moms absolutely every one of us. But I think it's that how she feels inside, what she can't fix in herself. Yeah. She tries to fix for everybody else. But I don't know anyone that's ever worked with Tracy Brooks that doesn't have some nostalgic mothering moment where they felt taken care of or they were made a better person. Because honestly, she she changed uh, how women treat each other in the wrestling business. And was she already wrestling when you met her? Yes, on the independents. And then she had been to TNA for a little bit. Her and Gail came up a similar time. They were before me. So Gail had been hired by WWE essentially by the time I had started training. And Tracy was on the road full time with TNA, but their schedule is a little bit different. She was still doing the indies in Ontario. So I probably had more intimate moments with her. And Gail, I got to know more professionally when we were working for like major companies. But Tracy, I had more uh, like intimate moments with more road stories. Does she still wrestle at all? No, it, honestly, like Tracy is from St. Mary's, Ontario. She literally grew up on a farm. She wanted to be like a sunshine girl, playboy model. And more than that, she wanted to be a mom. And she was all of our moms. And then when she had her baby boy, that's it. That was it. I did really like that one too. We could have talked for so much longer too. Like poor you, like that was long. <laughs> No, no, Shazza McKenzie gets the award. Oh, Shazza. Oh, Shazza, we'll have to have a talk. Like, 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 like. I have 200 likes cut out of that interview. That's a good drinking game. Could have the Shazza McKenzie drinking game. You can toss that in five minutes. Okay, so who were you thinking about for season two? I would like to talk to Aaliyah, NXT WWE, because she was my protege and my my star student, not because she worked any harder or any, didn't do any different than my other girl students, but she did everything I told her to do, and she was hired by WWE, and she's been there for longer than most people are in developmental, and she's grown 
so much as a person and physically and I feel like developmental is doing what it should do for people and that's helped them grow <laughs> opposed to beating them down. She knew my experience of developmental and I'd love to get her experience. Who else? I'd like to talk to Velvet Sky. Very much wanted her to be on season one because she was a big part of my TNA impact experience being part of the beautiful people. So I'd love to talk to her. I'd still love to talk to Awesome Kong. We'll get her. She's the hardest person to peg down. We'll get her. We'll just keep tagging her. Kia, Kia, Kia. Kia, come on. Come home. Are there any guys? I know you've almost given up on them. Because <laughs> we had such a good experience with Samoa Joe and everyone else is dumb. Okay, not the trainers. They were well, I had an interview written for Alex Shelley. But yeah. he had to get headphones. I don't know where you, why you don't have headphones with a mic in 2020, but he said he ordered some. Alex, go buy some headphones. Buy some fucking headphones. Yeah, or he just couldn't find them. They were in the couch cushions. <laughs> and he was like, ah, I don't want to do an interview. It's really, yeah. it's really far. Yeah. Do you think we can talk to The Rock? I don't know. Him? I think that's a big ask. <laughs> okay, well, who's like the queen of WWE right now? Like, who's the top top? Becky Lynch. <laughs> I would love to talk to Becky. She just had a healthy baby girl. She's the one who was surprised to be pregnant, right? Yes. Yeah, like she had just become whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What's she, that called? The big WWE lady? The WWE Women's Champion? Divas? Divas. I like watching Impact. I like watching AEW, which is a big branded company. But WWE is just, I don't know. It's just Is it safe? Is it? Like competition has always been healthy for WWE because it makes them push it makes them pull diversity but at the end of the day WWE has really not changed that much since the 80s or 90s they still have the same formula they want a top guy who's jacked tattoos probably tribal tattoos he looks good in little tights or he has like the personality of the rock or John Cena and maybe they're not the best wrestlers and the guys who aren't the biggest or who are more athletic can maybe bland in the personality department they're always going to be undercard guys and the girls essentially always have to look a certain way still on the big shows yeah because if i really think about it on raw and smackdown is there that much diversity not really they have nia Jax, who's uh, i believe she is samoan or has some samoan descent so there's some heritage stuff in there like The Rock and Samoa is always going to be big in professional wrestling because of the history. And Natalia, she's beautiful, but she's always had more of an athletic build. But same again, anyone that's slightly outside of the box of the like 90s porn star diva era, there's a reason. It's heritage. Like You couldn't just come in there off the street looking different. But if you watch the developmental brand, the NXT, you've got all different shapes and sizes. All different types of characters. But what's NXT compared to what WWE? So right? NXT is WWE. It is their developmental territory. It's what I would have done, but now they have their own show. There's fans that will be WWE diehards forever, but they secretly like the other brands better. <laughs> okay. yeah. The really, really talented wrestlers, like the ones that have slugged it out on the indies, yeah. are more unique, diverse, they always gravitate towards the smaller companies. Chances are they're going to get hired there because they have more creative control and they get to be the characters that they really believe in. Whereas no matter who you are, when you get signed to WWE and you sign that phone book, they strip you of whoever you are and they give you what they want you to be. Based on what you hear from people, do you feel like developmental has changed? Yes. I feel like developmental now is what it 
should have always been. When I was there, it was literally an empty arena with like bleachers and just the ring, a hard cam, one person who was in charge. We would train Monday to Friday, nine to three, and that's in ring, bumping, it's no acting coaches, no dietitians, no personal trainers. All we did was train Monday to Friday, nine to five, in the ring. We had to cut a promo once a week. It was promo day. So we would all come into the school. There was a room that was blacked out with a hard cam. The coach would close the door and say, go. <laughs> Literally, I could talk about bananas. And that got sent to talent relations uh, up in the big house in WWE. And that is what they were basing your performance on. No direction, no coaching. After you cut your promo, you'd be like, meh, this is okay. Like nothing really. Nothing I could ever go on. And I fucking hated promo days. The worst. And then we would do a weekly show that was aired on Access TV in McDonough, Georgia. So you imagine the reach. (laughs) (laughs) And so now NXT is this multi-million dollar developmental center. So they have a gym, like a like a workout gym with personal trainers, with coaches, with nutritionists, with physical therapists. (laughs) I went to Gold's Gym with my fob and I paid for out of pocket because that was the only gym in McDonald's, Georgia. So now that like if we literally just talk about like the physical training outside of the ring, you've got people working with you for not only your aesthetic appeal, but Let's say you suck at doing a leapfrog in the uh, in the wrestling ring, like jumping up and over someone. Your vertical sucks and you don't know anything about working out. Then you have a trainer that will work with you on like plyometrics or help you squat really heavy or someone that's actually going to help your wrestling performance, not just the way you look. And then if you get injured or you feel like something's getting tight, they have a physical therapist there to work with you. And, and NXT has media coaches and interview coaches and acting coaches and you evolve in developmental now but the thing is because you don't get to choose who you are at wwe that is why there's a developmental they're developing you into who they need you to be or who they want you to be the other companies they want you to come in knowing who you are you're supposed to be a finished package they want you to show them what the company's missing so how did that leap happen for you? Because you, I know you were in WWE yeah. developmental, yeah, and then you went to TNA. Did you get released first? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, "Well, fuck it." I guess that's it. I made it to the show that I wanted to be on. Didn't really go the way I was hoping. I had great experiences. Interesting stuff happened, but it wasn't what it could have been. Developmental in McDonough, Georgia, had closed midway through my developmental, and they moved us to Tampa, Florida. So before I left Tampa, because I actually stayed in the States for a few months after I was released because I just wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I was trying to figure it out. So I did call TNA because they were filming in Orlando, Universal Studios. And I said, I was just released from WWE. You guys have something fun going on. Do you want to use me? Because at that time, they're much smaller of a company and it makes sense to have talent all within the US because then you're not dealing with American visas, blah, 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 blah. It costs them less, essentially. And WWE had just done a mass release, which they used to do historically. I don't know if it was budget cuts. I don't know if it was just how they kept their machine going. They would literally fire a bunch of talent. They used to fire people every year. If you had been on a contract for a year and nothing had happened, you were probably getting fired. Also, right before me, this wrestler named Bad Seed had gotten released. 
he had definitely some emotional challenges as a person some like things that like manifested as very angry his girlfriend had broken up with him he was having like a really tough time in life he had gotten released and he had killed himself in our um we all lived in the same gated community in mcdonough so it's like you know we you become a family because you're all moved away from your families you're all moved away from your cities you train monday to friday together you do these shows together you go to the gym together you go grocery shopping together and you know we all hurt when we get released for each other because it's like a member of your family's being sent away for no no apparent reason and he just he couldn't cope i think he blew his brains out actually i i'm sure i've blocked it out but i've lost a lot of wrestlers over the years that I, i've been involved in the business they're not nice deaths they're pretty tragic actually so when we were there you were set up to fail you really were you really set up to fail They had hired the Bella Twins not long after, and they were just beautiful models. And myself, Chrissy, Natty, Angel, who had been, you know, grinding it for years before we got to WWE on the road, we were essentially there to train them. So they started to hire models, still very much in the Divas era. And I, we really thought that they kept a lot of us around just to train them and then let us go. But now, NXT, they have male coaches. They have female coaches and those female coaches and the male coaches are guys and girls that were on the indies for years. But I will say they, they don't really hire models anymore. And if they do hire models, they're not just models. They're like serious athletes. So it's different. And the, uh, like, I don't mean that being bitter. Like the business was what it was. And we all kind of knew what we were getting into to some extent that being an independent wrestler is was actually kind of a, a, a negative because models prior to were a lot more you could mold them easier because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They weren't wrestlers. Right. They didn't really have an opinion. They didn't know their wrestling style and shit like that. They were just like, you know, they, they took it as a modeling job. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to wear? What do you want me to say? Yeah. Whereas all the wrestlers, we had opinions. Yeah. They don't like opinions. But you feel like Impact is more open to it. Always. Impact, TNA, they've always been a place that grew their own homegrown talent. And that's what people always took to because they watched the evolution. They we, they would have like one big name, one former WWE person that would headline the shows because you always have to have a name to draw in older crowds or like WWE fans. But the talent that you see on Impact, on previously TNA, was talent that they had grown from the ground up. It's kind of like what the Leafs have done the last few years, like taking really young talent. They don't really have any names and making the team what they want it to be. I think that's why it was such a close family unit, TNA, because we all came up together. We all knew each other from the Indies. We Most of us had known each other for years and years and years. Uh, we built that show. We made that product what it was. And it wasn't just the women making the division amazing. The guys supported the women's division so much. Like, because it, it was good for business. Do you feel like it's more di divided in WWE between the guys oh. and the women? It's like a fucking high school dance in the 60s. Guys on one side, girls on the other side. Unless they're getting married. Unless they're getting married. <laughs> there is a very divisible line. WWE doesn't do intergender, right? Not unless it's very like camp. Ha ha. There's been like a big storyline. And AEW really hasn't touched that much either. But they're a very new company. But Impact was the first company to ever have a woman win a male belt. 
And I call it a male belt because it's historically only been a division with men in it. Tessa Blanchard, she became the TNA Impact champion. Tessa Blanchard, she's no longer with the company, but she was just having straight up like singles matches that were intergendered. Impact has always pushed the envelope in terms of what is acceptable in mass media and professional wrestling. And it's good because, you know, you're always going to get press on it, good or bad. And there's no such thing as bad press, but it pushes the bigger companies, the WWEs, to step up and stay current. But they've always, WWE has always shied away from intergender wrestling. But here's the thing. So I guess the like old school part of my brain, and when I say old school, Professional wrestling came from a place where it was supposed to be this, you were supposed to believe that it was a real fight. I'm not a big person. I'm strong. I am good at wrestling. I don't love the idea of me being in a ring with a guy who's twice my size. That was the basis of my WWE career. I was supposed to be a boy. And then ta-da. They were making you a, a young boy, right? Yes. Yep. You're the mom of baby Taylor, who yeah. is how old now? Three years. Feels like 20. So you do a whole firefighting schedule, which people think is easy, but my husband's a firefighter too, and I can tell you it is not, because you work all day for 24 hours. And then my husband sleeps the next 24 hours, and you do not have that option, having a toddler and a husband who might be at work that day too, Yes. Right? Then we're working on the podcast. Yes. A labor of love. It's a labor of love, but it's time, right? That cuts out of your life. It's time. It takes brain cells. Plus your training and getting ready, because yes. your plan is to come back yeah. in 2021 very seriously right this isn't just a pipe dream no this is something we're doing for sure coming back i'm back now that's a lot it's a lot of stuff happening all at once yeah i feel the tension of my body building as you listed those off i was like i'm fine i'm fine i'm not i'm I'm just gonna sage my body (laughs) yeah so there's a shit ton of shit coming up and it's, it's not just that stuff. I want to make sure that when I'm on the road, like everything at home is good. Taylor's taken yeah. care of. My mom, my sister, my dad aren't afraid for me to come back. And just like like life shit, I needed to sober up. <laughs> like I had to stop drinking for about a month because I didn't realize it. But I think I've been chronically hungover for like six years. <laughs> And it was like the best thing I've done. I have so much shit going on. And for the first time since Taylor was born, I really, I'm like, well, I've got lots of stuff to do for my family, but I've got lots of stuff I've got to do for me. So I can't just be like a bit in a haze and depend on like being able to take a nap when Taylor naps and be grouchy for no good reason and be tired at work. You know, we only work eight days a month, 24 hour shifts. So like, you know, I think I drank every other day, which is like at the end of the day, that's a lot. That's like no days off. So sobering up was like the best thing for me, for my family, for clarity. Are you like sober sober? Like you're not drinking at all? So I was cold turkey for like a month. It wasn't easy. And when you like drink all the time, it's, you know, it's a crutch. It's it's an enjoyment. That's, I just got to make to five. I just got to make to five. That's the other thing with our job. You already feel drunk when you get off shift. So starting to drink early is no thing. And then when you're married to a firefighter, you both normalize it for each other. And so Dave and I were both sober for a month. Um, There's a lot of firefighters who drink. Heavy. Like a lot. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. And the thing is, is you guys have no counseling. That's always been stunning to me that you see a dead body. Like you need to talk about that and deal with it. Like cops have it. Why don't you have it? I don't know. I don't know. And like I've seen some pretty 
gruesome shit on the job and like I just put it in my pocket and you know it'll be like oh I'll just have a glass of wine and then I laugh about it but like that's not okay so I really needed that in my life and like I I feel like I'm becoming that person to be like in the resurrection of my career. Wrestling has kind of saved my life again. It's pulled me out of a bit of a funk that I think I would have just stayed in otherwise. When you said something about your parents and your sister being worried about you getting hurt. That's yeah. still a thing? Mm, so my my dad's always been like rah, rah, fight the boys, rah, rah. Like he's always been like so behind me doing anything physical. Mm -hmm. um, but he definitely has his apprehensions because that last time when I split my face open and I had that bad concussion. And I know it's the same for my mom. It was that last one. They're like, you know, you have this, you're a firefighter now, you're a mom. Like, do you really want to risk that? But I think now they're coming around to it because I think they, they see how much happiness I'm getting for it and, and how many other avenues are coming out from it, like the podcast. And that is probably like the least of my worries, but like deep down... I don't want them to be worried about me. But, and Chrissy even said when she did like my reading, she's like, your mom and sister keep popping up. They're worried about your wrestling. And she said like, I would full on tell you if I see even the smallest of injuries. And she's like, I don't see that for you at all. So I was like, cool. Chrissy doesn't see it. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. You are a superhero. Fucking ready. <laughs> Honestly, I'm one of those people. The more I do, the more I can do. I like being this busy. You do. It's been a long time since I've been this busy. Like this burnt me out like the first time. So maybe I should fucking manage myself a little bit better. I almost feel like I get a bit manic. I don't want to eat. I'm so energized. Yeah. But it's very much who I am. I, t I could turn anything into heroin. So I love all this that's happening. It's a happy overwhelming. And you have a good support yes. system. You know, you have your mom, your dad. I have, and I have good friends and Dave and yourself. You'll be going away to the States. Yeah, and I'll be the longest. Yeah, longest I'm leaving my baby. Baby. Husbands qualify as babies. CeraVe moisturizing cream. Oh, C-E-R-A-V-E. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a person. <laughs> CeraVe. It's like Cera Mary Kay. Yeah. <laughs> like the thick creamy one or the... Yeah, the thick the one because I got dry ass skin. Yeah, I tried the the pump, but it wasn't thick enough. It wasn't thick enough for this shit. But it is excellent. And thank you to TikTok for bringing that into my life because... I have probably purchased every expensive moisturizer from Nordstrom's, finding like the fountain of youth and that $20 tub of CeraVe, which you can also get at Costco for $7. That I literally use that from head to toe and that is the best thing for my face. That's my day cream, my night cream. I just bought their serum. Like I love all their products, all of them. What's your favorite exercise? No. Are you unfamiliar with these questions? <laughs> pretty bad i wrote them <laughs> my favorite exercise squats i guess it really changes i have workout add right honestly i just like wrestling wrestling is like the the cardio you get from wrestling like actually being in the ring yeah right now yeah oh, cool. yeah prior to that it was hockey because i just i was so bored of just generally working out being in the ring is my favorite exercise right now chantel do you have pet peeves <laughs> <laughs> no what's your biggest pet peeve is the question this is gonna sound awful people with money it's usually not people who have made their own money it's people who have come into money 
and it's not everybody but as a general rule i live in like kind of an affluent area of toronto and i think most of the people in this neighborhood are dicks because they just they think they're better than others because of their monetary worth and i just think that's a shitty way to be like like i could go on and on and on about i feel like our world puts emphasis on shit that doesn't matter like beauty standards and money and fame and it, like we should be concentrating on loving each other and acceptance and you know morale and I don't know loving each other through a difficult time in the world but anyways I feel like people that have been born into money think they're better than others because they've seldom heard the word no they probably weren't raised by their parents they were raised by nannies I think they're mean people a lot of the time and they have this like boardroom mentality and they're very fucking bro-ish. Boy, you've got some specific people in your head. Man. Oh, I do. I treat people the way I want to be treated. And if I don't like you, I'm not going to treat you poorly or make you feel less than. I'm just not going to give you more of my time. I'm just going to be cordial and move on with my life. Whereas these people that I'm thinking of, people generally who have money who have come from money they go out of their way to let you know that you are less than and i just think it sucks so that's my answer that's a good pet peeve i hate people with money <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys yeah but we want them to come on the show yeah yeah, yeah. but th that's different those are people who have made their own fortune okay, so maybe you need to qualify that a little bit yeah, yeah so sorry right now you're hating everybody with money so i love there's a lot of people i love with money but there are good humans in the world that have come from money and you would never know. And that's just my experience. And I'm not painting everyone with the same brush, but that specific person is my pet peeve. You're welcome. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> so Taylor Well, who is your celebrity crush? I'm going to go with my 90s dreamboat, Ethan Embry. Because I was obsessed with Empire Records. That was like so influential in like my preteen years and, and that thing you do and yeah he was just super dreamboat he follows me on twitter no big deal was that a real interchange between you two yes that's really cute and he dm'd me and everything after. <laughs> okay who's your favorite <laughs> band or artist i'm a 90s alternative rock girl so no doubt was very important to me whole nirvana yeah we'll go with those three what is your secret vice? Like having a glass of wine in the shower. Well, since I wrote that question, it's having a glass of wine in the shower. <laughs> you know what I love? How many people you interview go, ooh, good idea. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to make that my vice. <laughs> totally. And like Dave, who's 15 years older than me, he saw me do it once. He's like, are you having a glass of wine in the shower? And then he just like kind of laughed and like let the thought linger. And then like a few days later, I saw him having a, beer in the shower <laughs> so the people beer do it in the bathtub yeah right i don't have a bath yeah i would have a wine with the bath but yeah. i don't have that option so i yeah. have it in the shower this just has moving water yeah of still water. i just gotta keep your glass out of the moving <laughs> stream because <laughs> you don't want to waste that good no nope uh okay and what is your drink of choice so now that i'm drinking responsibly again i'm back to red wine but i'll only have one glass every few days How's that? When you finish your one, do you go like... <laughs> so I probably have like a 14 ounce pour. Oh, it's a big Carl. It's not half the bottle. Put it that way. 
Okay, and let's get this straight. I'm not a fucking animal. I was sober from alcohol. <laughs> so I was like dabbling in edibles and smoking weed. But like I was not hungover, not even a little bit. I slept like a champ. Those edibles that are like half CBD and half THC, everyone should fucking do that. I slept so well, even though there was like a toddler punching me in the face. Not that I was being like a neglectful mom, but kids do karate in their sleep. And I... So, and, and now I've like tapered down the weed because I can't control my munchies and spandex is unforgiving. You got some tiny little booty shorts Woo! to get into, girl. <laughs> yeah, can you control munchies? Because I can't. No, but you know what? I know there's a kind of weed that does and it's not, I haven't found it in Canada. It's called THCV. And uh, you know Chelsea Handler? Yes. So she's starting her whole weed company called Orange. That's what it's called. And she is really into it. It's a particular seed that is only found in, well, I'm sure it's in the States now, but like a year ago, you could only get it in like Cambodia and it has the exact opposite effect. So you still get the effects of the THC, but it takes away your appetite, does the opposite. Like I do the things that you're supposed to do. Like I have like healthy snacks. I eat all my healthy snacks and then I spend $25 on fucking Uber Eats because I'm the only adult home. I can't leave and 7-Eleven sends me like five packs of like single serving M&Ms. Like... <laughs> That's your Uber Eats is is 7-Eleven M&M's? Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, and then I get ramen from Kinton. No, 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 no. no I want junk. I only... Like you get junk delivered? Yeah, yeah, because I can't leave the house because I've cleared my house. I'm like, I'm not going to... Because I'm only having healthy food in the house. Yeah. yeah, I've only eat healthy food. And then I fucking spend three times the amount. <laughs> I'll just have these $40 M&M's. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> To spend $50 on two, like, single-serving packs of weed. As soon as I get high, I really want some chocolate. I'm ordering. I'm ordering Uber Eats. It's going to take 45 minutes. Doesn't matter. So the the uh, podcast. The podcast. What question are we on? We got, what was that? That was, like, vice in the shower. We had wine <laughs> in the shower. And half an hour later. Yeah, because I didn't want everyone to think I was, like, just, like, some magical sober princess who's just, like, cut everything out. No, I was, like, stoned out of my tree most nights. But I wasn't on over the next day. It took us an hour to get that little truth nugget out. <laughs> Put the thing on from TMZ. Boom, boom. <laughs> Taylor Wilde's bothead. What wrestler has the best entrance music? Not Taylor Wilde. <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> i liked ray mysterio's music okay because it, it was like cholo lucha libre really spirited okay. and he fucking loved it and it was very him oh what was your most embarrassing moment in the ring you know what i don't think i had an embarrassing don't moment. that's not fair People have told you. No, I know. I, you know me. Just because you don't get embarrassed. When I do anything stupid, I think it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, Did you ever have a boot pull out? No. Because I watched a live pay-per-view where my very dear friend, Kia, who won't do my podcast, was on live pay-per-view. And she wore like a leather, like corset. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was like a gladiator thing yeah that fucking turned on her though she went over the top rope it burst like all the snaps came undone i can't remember if they were in the front or the back i want to say they were in the back and her boobs came out and they clapped and then she landed on the ground her boobs clapped together yes because they were out and she was midair so they separated so like a wingspan and clapped <laughs> 
I, but you know, she wasn't embarrassed. I'm still back at this thing was held together with snaps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the most embarrassing moment I had was in the ring, but it wasn't on live TV. It was, we used to do this, these dark, 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 dark videos to make money. Can you say dark? Dark. I mean, so like, like snuff film. So not that dark, like one step back. Like that's the, the darkest. What are you doing in that television studio? <laughs> You're like, they're dark. 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 Deepest, deepest, darkest. Fucking dark. Like dark horse for like, you know, 20 year old girl. And anyways, we, they, they were called custom videos. And thank you for anyone who's ever ordered a Taylor Wilde custom video. This lovely woman, Lexi Fife, who was a professional wrestler for years. She's, she's kind of like a... Like a madam. A madam. That's exactly... Lexi Fife, the custom video madam. Men would write to her, I want to see Taylor Wilde barefoot wrestling X. Taylor Wilde is wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. She only does clotheslines and yells at the top of her lungs, I love tacos, the entire match. And paid like you would either do a 15-minute, 30-minute, 45-hour. We would do them two-day shoots, and we would shoot like 12 hours a day. We'd be broken. Only the ladies would do these to make money while we were on the independence. Like, this is our, like, dirty, starving artist. Okay, so is the Toronto Maple Leaf jersey something someone is requesting? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yeah. So they would request... This is so kinky. This See? Dark. Dark. Like, it's super... It's not snuff, but it's, yeah, it's total so kink. So guys are writing in, like, I want to see her fight wearing this. Yeah. W- what we'd wear, <laughs> what we'd say. What you'd say. The moves we would do. Specific storylines, like... Or like fucking like feet fights. <laughs> this is amazing. There's like really dark custom videos that are not done by Lexi. Like Lexi keeps it clean. She sifts through all the. Uh, can you imagine male wrestling fans? <laughs> there's no nudity. There's no implied nudity. There's nothing actual sexual. But like, oh god, that's another story. I got flown out to do what I thought was going to be a match and then I show up to this arena and it's all custom videos and this guy wants me to do a match where I literally only kick a girl in the lady area and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. And he's like, but I flew you out here. I was like, well, congratulations to you. That's all. I'll just go back to the airport and smell you later. He's like, but... And I was like, no. You, you were dishonest. You didn't tell me what I was being flown out here to do. I don't really give a shit what you want me to do, but I'm not fucking doing that. And he had this whole match of like vulgarity and doing these like overly sexualized things and like all these really horrible moves to female anatomy. So when I was with WWE, I was like young and amicable and I wanted to do well because I wanted to get on the big show. Like real life and like street smarts. No one's fucking pulling the cotton over my eyes. There was no way I was ever going to do anything that questioned my morale. And I really wouldn't have done in WWE. Like, if they wanted me to do a topless shoot, i just straight up, no. You're going to fire me? Too bad. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's going to look at myself in the mirror. I, I'm an athlete. I don't want to fucking do that shit. Yeah. I would have done porn otherwise or, you know, or other things like that. Like, and is that still something that happens? Uh, Yeah. People are still doing custom videos. But anyways, back to the embarrassing moment. <laughs> When I was doing a custom video, I had given a girl a suplex. And because of Kia's titty clapping action on the live (laughs) pay-per-view, I double taped everything sealed shut. And so when I gave this girl the suplex, for whatever reason, 
the tape pulled away from where my nipple was. And I felt, disclaimer, I have breast implants, not that fucking surprising. I thought she burst a tire. I thought when she landed on me, I thought, oh, fuck, that's it. Flat tire. Because the pain was so severe. It was very, like, nervy. Like, it was like I was being stabbed. And so I'm, like, walking around, just, like, pressing my boob, like, waiting for it to deflate. And I'm, like, so mad because it's a custom video. It's, like, not even a real match. It's not that important. This girl was, like, new and, like, just so many factors could have been avoided. And all I could think to myself was I'm in between companies. I'm in between jobs. I can't have a flat tire because I've, like, defaced myself. <laughs> but I don't have the money to fix it. So I'm just walking around waiting for it to deflate. Anyway, so I get in the bathroom. Lexi's trying to calm me down. I cleared everybody away because I was pissed. I took off all my clothes, finally, to take a look at what was going on. I had put so much double-sided tape that I actually ripped half my nipple off. So that's so embarrassing. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> my nipple grew back, by the way. You don't get embarrassed. No, generally not. I'm a fucking professional wrestler. You never pee? Pee all the time when I'm wrestling. I don't give a fuck. And this is pre-baby. Women, your uterus is not meant to smack against a ring and your floping tubes are not supposed to be like a fucking pinball machine with your ovaries. So if I pee a little, I don't care. I've never, I've never shit myself. Well, that makes one of us. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't be embarrassing as much as it would be like, well, that happened. <laughs> oh, I know the last question. Because this is the singing one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, ready? Oh, yeah. 2020, 24 hours to go. I want to be sedated. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Okay, okay, okay. The rumor mill rings true. I am coming back in 2021. I am signed, but I can't say with who. I will be back in the ring, but I can't say exactly when. But it might be sooner than you think, and my wild ones will be the first to hear it. Speaking of which, here is the big announcement. I will be opening season two of Wild On January 20th, 2021 with a very special guest. She is a Canadian fitness model, yogi, actress, wife, mother, and arguably one of the most popular superstars of WWE. Season two, episode one, will be delivering 100% stratisfaction with my girl, Trish Stratus. I also wanted to mention one of the most amazing things that I've been able to experience this year is collaborating and brainstorming with some incredibly talented and artistic individuals. For the past two months, Rochelle Duras, who is already my producer, editor, seamstress, creative genius, friend, and all-around punk queen, has rallied some incredible musicians who for the past two months have been working tirelessly on my new entrance music. <laughs> A massive shout out and thank you to Andrew Moore, John Bruno, Dave Fricata, 
Darren Evanson, Greg Story, Nikolai Duris, and Sam Smith. I apologize if I've butchered your name. I really, really do think you are all unbelievable, and I will forever be indebted to your rock god qualities. I love you guys. And until January 20th, stay calm and wild on. God bless us, everyone. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what, how you're seeing Taylor Wild 2.0, like the stuff that we've talked about? No. Oh, that's all secret too. Yes. Okay, so we're not really talking about season two. It's not happening. Oh. <laughs> and there's my next three questions. <laughs>